with thanksgiving. I'll be a living.
morning, church. Jesus is worthy to be praised. Amen. The songwriter said, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures unto all generations. Amen. Songwriter also said, Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. You got breath, don't you? All y'all to praise him. All y'all ain't with me this morning. Something wrong with you still sleeping, you're still at home, your mind somewhere else. But this is the day that the Lord has made. Amen, church. Amen. The scripture reading this morning will come from Exodus chapter 17. Exodus chapter 17. If you're able to stand in front of God's word, you may do so. Pastor's going to do a new series called Give Direction to This Generation. Today, Pastor's going to preach about Give the Command. Exodus chapter 17, we're going to go down to verse 8. Exodus 17, you're going to be at verse 8. Give everyone an opportunity to find it. Exodus chapter 17. 17, one of the first five books in the Bible, one of the, in the Old Testament, Exodus, amen, still see some pages turning, so we, we'll wait for you, amen, amen, we're going to go down to verse 8, I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, and it reads, while the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' army soon became so tired, he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. After the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nishi, which means the Lord is my back. He said they have raised their fish against the Lord's throne, so now the Lord will be at war with Amalek generation after generation. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Oh Lord, we come giving you thanks this morning, Father. Father, thank you first of all for being who you are, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for mercy, Lord. Thank you for grace, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, for now rewarding us according to our iniquities, Heavenly Father. For you have been so kind to us. You've been so good to us, Heavenly Father. And we thank you for that, Heavenly Father. Father, we thank you for the time you touched us and awakened us this morning and to this point in time to make it out to the house of worship one more time, Heavenly Father. Father, I'm asking you right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, touch every heart, every mind, every spirit right now in this sanctuary, Heavenly Father. Father, bless the ones that may be on their way here, Heavenly Father. Give them traveling grace, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask you to please touch all of our sick, all of our shut-in, Heavenly Father. Father, please touch all across the nation, all across the world, Father, for you know what's going on in this world today, Heavenly Father, and nothing is catching you by surprise, Heavenly Father, and we know that in the end, your will will be done, Heavenly Father, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all they that dwell therein, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. Father, please bless every song that will be sung, bless every prayer that will be prayed, please bless the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're going to go forth that it changes us from the inside out, Lord. Lord, so right now, just help us right now to forget about ourselves and just concentrate on you. For we have come here to worship you, Lord. 
It's in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen, church. Amen.
God, Lord, you are good. And your mercy endure for how long? Hallelujah. His love never fails. Mm. Let us pray. God, we just thank you for your faithfulness, your love towards us. You love us better than we deserve. We thank you, Lord, that your grace is sufficient. Your mercy is everlasting. Father, we're desperate, Lord, to hear a word from you that tells us of your amazing love towards us. Help us, O oh God, to remove distractions and those things that might hinder us from hearing a word from you and have it hidden within our heart, that we might not sin against you. Help us, O oh God, uh, that we might hear your word and that we might see Jesus and we walk in submission and obedience according to your will, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. We are beginning this new gener- uh, this new series and dealing with Joshua generation. I want to lift up definitely in light of what's going on locally and definitely worldwide. uh, How we need to raise up our generation uh, to be women and men of leadership and character and quality. And what better way for us to do that than raise them in the admonition of the Lord. So with that we're going to look at Joshua uh, who was the one that led Israel into the promised land and how God raised up this young man to be the future for the generation. I want us to look around and realize that we might be sitting next to somebody that's younger than us that is our future. And we need to realize we need to pour into them and we need to empower them and we need to encourage them so that they will have the tools to be successful in life. Our text today, we want to focus on how we want to empower you to be leaders so that when we get old, they can lead in humility and dignity and integrity. Our text focuses on Moses giving Joshua the command to lead Israel into victory. And when we look at this text, I want you to notice that Joshua does not question him. Joshua does not doubt him. But Joshua just simply obeys. Mm. Mm. This time has passed when we can give commands to young people without them asking questions back. But here it is. We realize we don't give up, but we got to keep on telling them the truth. Our text shows Israel is camping in Rephidim. They have come to this place after some great triumphs and miraculous acts of God. May we review what happens till we get to this 17th chapter, verses 8 through 16. Can you take this journey with me? Not going all the way back to the beginning of Exodus, but just most recently what has happened so far. Israel has just experienced a great triumph from Egypt. God delivering Israel from the Egypt by defeating Pharaoh and his army as, as Israel crossed the Red Sea. If you don't remember what happened was that once Israel got onto the other side, Pharaoh's army got into the middle of the Red Sea and God swept them away. They were able to wave bye, bye, bye to all their problems and their issues. Because God says, watch the salvation of the Lord today. You won't see them again. I'm here to encourage you to understand that when we follow a God, he can put an end to our enemies. Here it is now in the 15th chapter is recorded is where we find Moses turning bitter water to be sweet water. So after they cross the Red Sea. Uh, they got mad with God because the water tastes bad. And so God told Moses, get this piece of wood through the wood and the water. The water became sweet or became good to drink. Y'all see, God is providing for them even while they're not appreciative of what God is doing. They know they just crossed the Red Sea. Pharaoh just got dismissed. And all the Israelites are freed now from bondage in Egypt, but they're going to complain about the water. Exodus 15, 26 says, he said, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, then I will make you suffer any, I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Notice God's reference, y'all, you saw what I did to your enemy. I will protect you that you won't suffer these things. If you what? Obey. Tell your neighbor you got to obey. 
The Lord continues to guide Moses as he leads Israel. Now, in the 16th chapter, we are told of their journey has now come to be one month after leaving the land of Egypt. They journey into the wilderness of sin between Elam and Mount Sinai. The Lord has, provide, has provided the complaining Israelites with manna and sweet water. The 16th chapter now records God providing them with manna with the instruction of observing the Sabbath. I want to highlight this, how God gave them the Sabbath. Verse 23 says, he told them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow will be a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath day set apart for the Lord. So bake or boil as much as you want today and set aside what is left for tomorrow. One of my highlights here is that God has already pointed out that not only where did you Moses write a song celebrated what we did when we crossed the Red Sea. Not only have I provided you with sweet water, now I provided you with manna. But catch this, you don't have to, God, you have to gather again on the Sabbath. Take as much as you want on this day. And then on the Sabbath, what you will it won't spoil. It won't turn bad. It'll be enough for you that day. Do you understand how God already knows how to prepare? But what happened is that some did not trust God. That they went out looking for some stuff. And there wasn't nothing to be had. And God said, don't y'all trust me? <laughs> don't you believe me? What I said I'm going to do for you? And so here it is that in verses 29 and 30, the 16th chapter, they must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. That is why he gives you a two-day supply on the sixth day. So there will be enough for two days. On the Sabbath day, you must each stay in your place. Do not go out to pick up food on the seventh day. So the people did not gather any food on the Sabbath day. Israel is learning to depend on the Lord's people. Now, in the 17th chapter, see, I move faster out here. I told you they're not going all the way back. Just want to see that they've seen God do some amazing things since they crossed the Red Sea. Seen manna. Bitter water turned sweet. Manna came every day, but on the Sabbath day, because what you gathered on Friday was enough <laughs> for two days. And then it says in chapter 17, verse 1 and 2 now, At the Lord's command, the whole community of Israel left the wilderness of sin and moved from place to place. Eventually they camped at Rephidim, but there was no water there for the people to drink. So once more, y'all see that there? said once more, this is not the first time, but once more, the people complained against Moses. Give us water to drink, they demanded. Quiet, Moses replied, why are you complaining against me, and why are you testing the Lord? Now, what I want to highlight here is this is when Israel starts getting on Moses' nerves. Y'all see, it's only been a month. <laughs> it's only been a month, y'all. And they are testing them right now. Come on now. We, we, did, did we not get out from the ten plagues? Did we not cross the Red Sea on dry land? Did we not see the enemies go by? Did not God give you manna? Did not God make bitter water sweet? But now again, you're going to complain to me about give us something to drink. This is where we find out about this is a, a, a nominal moment that they, they cover of when Israel complains to God. And this is what Moses does. Moses names the place of strife and testing because of them squabbling with God. And, and God told Moses how to get water from the rock. He told him, grab that staff that I gave you and hit the rock. I want to highlight this because this is the first time God told him to hit the rock with the staff. The second time Moses hit the rock with the staff, God did not tell him. God said, speak to the rock. But Moses was so fed up and mad at them folks, he hit the rock. And what happened was, Moses then got disqualified from going to the promised land. Mm. That's why it's very important as we're talking about Joshua, that Joshua is the one that led them in. But here it is. God tells Moses, instructs Moses in verses 6 through 7, right before we get to our 8th verse. I will stand before you on the rock at, eight, at Mount Sinai, strike the rock, and the water will come out gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. So Moses struck the rock as he was told. And the water gushed out as the elders looked on. 
Moses named the place Massa, which means test, and Meribah, which means arguing. Because the people of Israel argued with Moses and tested the Lord by saying, Is the Lord here with us or not? So here they are now in the wilderness in the time of them being tested to see whether they really depend on God. Remember, God warned them, said, If you only obey me, right, I'm going to bless you. But here it is, you're seeing that they're doubting, can God really do what he said he's going to do? And they were saying, we'd rather go back into bondage than be here in the wilderness. Because it was not going as well. Matter of fact, they're saying that we have better food in slavery and in bondage than in freedom. Here's the thing that God is trying to help them to understand. If you only depend on me, everything is going to be all right. So this now lets us know. So they moved their camping at Rephidim, but yet they said the water came from where? Mount Sinai. So they moved that they moved from one place to another place in order to get the water. But notice what shows us here now in our text for today in the eighth verse. It says, while the people of Israel were still at Rephidim. Y'all see that there? The warriors of Amalek attacked them. So while they're camping in this area, the warriors of Amalek came and attacked them. Moses now commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us, what? Tomorrow. And then he says, tomorrow I will stand up at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. Verse 10, very vital. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses and Aaron and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. First, I want to highlight, as we want to empower this Joshua generation, we got to empower them that they can have the right tools to make the right decisions. Notice first here, Moses commanded him, choose some men to go out and fight the army. Matter of fact, he had let them know, choose some men for what purpose? To go fight. So therefore, how can Joshua know what men to choose? Well, I believe Joshua's going to probably try to find some men with qualities like him. And you go on to read that Joshua has some great qualities. He was a man of great skill. He was a man that was able to craft and to craft anything, and yet he was a man of wisdom and instruction that he gained all this while in bondage and in Egypt. And so Moses now is sitting as an example and a role model for Joshua. So not only is Joshua going to look like men like him, but men like Moses. Men of integrity, men of character, men that's going to fight and do what is right. Can I help somebody out? There's kids out there that are looking for a role model, but they can't be what they cannot see. If they don't see people, women and men of God, praying, teaching, living, forgiving, and caring, then they don't have a model of what that looks like. But when they see people fighting, arguing, killing, they got a model. Well, that's how they settle arguments. That's how I'm going to settle arguments. But when we can show somebody how you can put a weapon down and you can pray, when you can walk away, you can choose to say kind words instead of hateful words, it's going to change the model. It's going to change the representation. It's going to change the environment. Moses empowered Joshua to find men to go fight against the enemy. Matter of fact, Moses, when telling them this, let them know you won't be alone, but we're going to go up on the hill. But I want to also highlight, Moses did not go up on the hill by himself. Moses had some people to go with him. We found out his brother Aaron and his good friend, Earth. And so Joshua did what Moses commanded him to do because he was empowered. He was encouraged that Moses gave me instructions. I'm able to now. I'm going to highlight again. This is the first time Joshua has been mentioned. We have been introduced to the future leader right here doing some leadership work. He was called to lead Israel into victory. Moses was going to be up on the hill while they're fighting down underneath in the plains. And they said that Moses climbed with his staff. This staff is very important. Because it was this staff that God called Moses. In Exodus 4, chapter, verse 2, it says, Then the Lord asked him, What is that in your hand? A separate staff, Moses replied. God goes on to tell him, Drop it and turn into a serpent. He said, Reach your hand and grab it and turn back into a staff. He says, Take that staff when you go see Pharaoh. 
It's with that stab you're going to turn water into blood. It's with that stab you, you touch that rock and water came out. So Moses understands there's power with this stab. After saying God at the burning bush. Exodus 4, chapter verse 20 tells us, So Moses took his wife and sons and put them on a donkey and headed back to the land of Egypt. And in his hand he carried the staff of God. So this staff is important to Moses. Not only did it, it did not become a walking stick, but it became a symbol of God's presence. It became a symbol of God's authority and power. And so now Moses is going up unto the hill, also representing to the people of a person interceding on their behalf. I can only imagine how Moses had his arms stretched out like this. And I remember in class, in gym class, and when we had to do the arm circles right, and you do that right, well, this is easy, but you keep on doing it, start getting tired, and your arms get bigger and bigger till they just fall on down. So I can imagine Moses being still, his arms getting tired, and they started falling and falling and falling down. So look what verse 12 says, soon Moses' arms became tired. He could no longer hold them up. One thing I want to encourage us, not only we got to empower Joshua's generation, we got to teach them endurance. Moses became tired, y'all. This time in our lives, we won't become tired. But we got to show what? Endurance. Mo- Moses had to demonstrate and model for Joshua how we don't give up when times get rough. We don't take the easy route when it gets difficult. We still got to do the right thing. Dr. King's co-writer is always the right time to do the right thing. When we understand that there's people out there watching us when times get rough, let that not be the time that we make the shortcuts. Let that not be the time we be the bad example. May we be the best example in our worst moments. I was at a few more witnesses here. When things are going well, we say, everybody, look at me. But when we are stressed out, when we're down and about to let out, can we show somebody how we can turn to God to be our strength? To be our power. And then also we find out not only do we have to show how we need to endure. And we need to have the courage and the strength to endure and go on. But also we realize we can't do it alone. Tell your neighbor, it takes a village. The African proverb writer says it takes a village to raise a child. So here it is that Moses cannot just empower Joshua by himself. But he needed his brother and his good friend Ur. And I said his good friend Ur because he entrusted Ur and Aaron when he went up to the mountain. When he went to go talk with God, he had to leave people in charge. He didn't trust everybody. Y'all don't hear me? He didn't trust everybody. But he trusted Ur and he trusted his brother. One, his brother was told by God, hey, Aaron will be your man. So, so he already knew Aaron, but yet he knew from Ur, he says, I can trust you, Ur, that you can be there to help me out. Matter of fact, we can see Ur got some ingenuity. Say, he's the one that found the stone. Say, I got an idea. All right, Moses, you're going to sit down right here. You look tired, and we're going to stand here and hold your arm. Now, in my mind imagination, I, I can imagine Moses sitting down now in the chair, his arms out, and I see them standing up and holding their arm like that so his arms are straight. That's what I see, so they resting too. That's my imagination. I don't know. Y'all can have your own imagination, but I'll paint a picture for you how I can see it. <laughs> how they're holding his arms up. And so as his arms are up, guess what's happening down there? They're winning. But when his arms went down, this is ebb and flow in this vibe, but yet it took a village for them to come together. It takes other people to come around. That means this, that if I see someone struggling, let me not just talk about them. If I see someone struggling, let me not go post it on social media. But may I go and say, may I help you? Can I do something to assist you? How can I help lift your hands up so that you can have victory in your life? Because when you have victory, I have victory. Because when you succeed, we succeed. It's time out that we start competing against one another, but start celebrating the victories we can have together. And so instead of looking at an opportunity to complain, they look for an opportunity for victory. So don't ask what you can, uh, don't ask somebody uh, how you are going to make the problem worse, but say, how can I solve the situation? Don't waste time looking to blame somebody, but spend time looking for a solution. Look to build strong foundations for victory and you will discover that you can find weaknesses while you get stronger and you can reassure and reform and reinforce those weaknesses so that they too become strengths. Moses was not alone because of his brother and his good friend, Her. 
And so here it is that Moses having friends like this help him while he was weak to help support Joshua who's down there fighting for victory. Can I highlight again, notice that God did not just give them the victory, but notice they had to work for it. Oftentimes in life that we just want God to just show up and just give something for us. But it's, it's sort of like how the doctor would tell you in order for you to be healthy, you got to eat healthy. So you have a subscription to a healthy diet that's not going to make you healthy because what do you got to do? You still got to do the work. You still got to cook that food. Y'all go out on yeah, I got everybody ordering all those places. I, I see the same commercials y'all see, right? Order this, try this, try this app, and you'll lose your weight. Yeah, you can download that app, but that app is not doing the work. You still got to do the work. Y'all quiet on I'm sorry I'm hurting y'all, making y'all feel upset, but yeah, it's not, not going to be easy. They still had to cross the Red Sea. They still had to go and get, gather the man. God is still going to have you required to do something, but know that God's taking care of the rest. Mm. Joshua had to do the work. Notice that Moses commanded him a simple command, and we don't see Joshua no more. <laughs> go get some men, go fight. Tomorrow I'm going to go up to here. Joshua said, I'm on. When did his job? When and work? Moses, Aaron, and her up on the hill. Joshua down there fighting. Moses up there. And I wonder, I wonder if Joshua even know that. Most arms going up and down. Because Joshua probably focuses like, look, we're losing y'all. Keep on fighting. And then eventually, notice what the text says. Verse 13, as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. As a result of what? As a result of a village coming together and supporting it. But notice, it gives you a time frame. It didn't happen just like that. It took some time. Verse 12 says, Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and her found a stone for him to sit on. They stood on each side of Moses holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until when? Sunset. And so think about it. He says tomorrow. So when sun came up, they were fighting until the sun went down. Mm. And many of us, we know how we are after a long day of work, right? You ready to go to bed. So look at this. This long day of work, Joshua was fighting out there, but he was not giving up. He was not giving in. Moses' arms got tired. Aaron and her helped him out. But come sunset, we see verse 13 as a result. Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. So the next part, not only we want to empower Joshua, we want to encourage Joshua, we want to teach our Joshua generation endurance. And then the last part we want to do we want to celebrate the victories. Look at verse 14. Y'all with me there? After the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua. And that's all. I want to highlight here that he says, I want you to write this down and read it out loud to Joshua. Joshua needs to hear a good job that he has done. There's often times in life we're dealing with our children that they have not heard they did a good job. They're walking around and somebody has not told them, I love you. That God loves you. That you are cared for. That you are important. You are special. There's something, something missing in people's lives when they can hear words of affirmation and love and encouragement. Little things go a long way. You can simply encourage your child at home for better behavior by praising them when they do good things. I like how you sit down and ready to eat your dinner. Thank you, Mommy. Guess what they're going to do tomorrow? They're going to sit down and wait for you to say that. So don't miss the opportunity. But as soon as they start doing it, now you praise another time. Good job having a happy plate. Good job eating up all your food. Thank you, Mommy. Guess what? They'll keep on eating the food. They're going to sit down. You're praising them for positive behavior. But here's the other thing that when they don't get the positive praise, they'll get the negative praise. And sometimes any attention is better than no attention. Well, you didn't pat me on my back because I was good, but she's going to pat me some other way when I break something. I got your attention now. You weren't listening before, but now you get listening. Oftentimes, it's a cry out. What we're seeing in our community, in our cities, people are crying out in pain. 
And when it gets too difficult, now everybody wants to come and rush. But we got to see the symptoms before. How many often times, right, we teaching people in CPR, right, how to test for a stroke. Right, we want to, you want to, what the faster you act, right, the quicker you act, the better chance you have of saving somebody's life. Tell your neighbor the time is now. We need to act now and realize there's somebody out there that needs to be encouraged. That needs to be touched. That needs to let them know they're not alone, but I'm here to help you the best way I can. Here's the thing that I have to endure because notice Moses was dealing with this generation and they were not listening. They were complaining. What are we going to do now? This water is bitter because some wood now is sweet. Now we ain't got no water, Moses. What are we going to do? God help me out. With this generation, we got to be patient. We got to encourage them. We got to have endurance and knowing there's going to be some discomfort. There's going to be some pain. But yet we're looking towards our future. Notice that Moses and Joshua are leading the people into the promised land. They have a destination. They have a goal in mind. And they cannot lose focus on what matters most. And knowing that as long as I do my job, God's going to do his job. So they documented the victory. They praised him. They wrote it down. Notice God instructed Moses to read this aloud to Joshua. And I don't know about you, but if somebody wrote something good about me, I'd be like, you can read that every day. Tell me again how good I am. You don't grow old as hearing how good you are. Because we get mad when somebody don't come and you put your best outfit on and nobody say anything to you. You think about what's wrong with me today? I knew I was looking cute. Ain't nobody say anything. We, we, are, we are star social creatures that desire social interaction and positive encouragement and love. And think about it, since God is love, he always loves us and encourages us even in times of our pain and our discomfort. Notice the people of Israel are complaining, but God has said, I'm still going to get you then. Mm. So we look at verse 15, it says this. I'm sorry, continue on to verse 14. After the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write this down on the scroll for a permanent reminder to Israel, read aloud of Joshua. Then it says what? I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. But after he's praising Joshua, he's letting him know your work is noticed and your enemies will be forever defeated. Aren't you glad that God can defeat our enemies? And then verse 15 says that Moses now in response to what God has done, and in response of praising Joshua, in response of God defeating their enemies, it says that Moses built an altar, and there he named it Yahweh Nish, which means the Lord is my banner. Another way to say it is that the Lord is my victory. And he said they have raised their fists against the Lord's throne. So now the Lord will be at war with the Amalek generation after generation. I want to, I want to highlight here and listen closely as I'm reading this to you again. And notice, and I want, I'm going to point out something that's missing. Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. He said they came and raised their fists against the Lord's throne. So now the Lord will be at war with the Amalek generation after generation. I want to highlight there was something missing. Notice when I say that I raised my hand. Because Joshua fought the victory. Who got the glory? The Lord. They understood we did our part, but we could not have done it if it had not been for the Lord on our side. He realized that, yes, I had my hands up. Yes, Joshua was down there working, but God, if it was not you behind the whole situation. We will not have the victory that we have now. And so Moses understands not only when I'm going to praise Joshua, but I'm going to praise my God who is Adonai Nishi. The Lord is my banner. He is my victory. When they talk about a banner, oftentimes when the armies will march in the time, they will march under a banner. And oftentimes when that army was known for their victory, when they see that banner, people say, oh, we in trouble. Here they are marching under that banner. And there was no greater banner than Adonai and Nisha. The Lord is my banner. Which means he's basically saying the Lord is going to give us victory. And so knowing that God has given them victory, you also understand that those that came against us, God will forever stand against them. Does that sound familiar to anybody? What did Jesus tell Peter upon this rock? I will build my church. 
and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Do you understand that when God has established, the enemy is going to attack, but he cannot win because God always has the victory. Well, I would encourage you that you're going to run into some hardships, but the devil is alive. He cannot do anything that God cannot do. He cannot defeat us. He cannot stop us. But yet God's love is going to keep on marching on. So we're going to march under the banner of God and raise up this generation so that they can stand on their two feet and they can stand with their heads up high. Know that God is lifted up. God is exalted. And when their arms get tired, we'll come around and help lift them up and let them know we're going to keep on marching until we get our victory. Notice how Moses ends this, this celebration by constructing an altar. When they construct an altar, notice it's not just a decoration. It's implied that a sacrifice was done. And so when he made that altar, it means he had to go get some kind of animal to sacrifice it on the altar. And we know how God loved us, that he gave his only begotten son. And Jesus coming down in the same hair to understand that there's no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. And on this first Sunday, you know what we're going to do. We're going to gather together and eat of this bread and drink of this cup. And as, as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we do so in the remembrance of our Lord until it's coming back again. But what are we remembering? Remembering that on the cross... He died for us. On the cross, his blood was shed for us. On the cross, he became our sin offering. On the cross, he established our covenant with our God. But on the cross, he did die. But I'm so glad he did not stay on the cross. But they took him down the cross and buried him in a bald man's suit. But early on the third day home, he got up with all power in his hand. And that power is running in us. Do you not know the same power? The most Christ from the grave is also in you. But let me qualify in you. It's in you who calls Jesus as the Lord and Savior. It's in you who has been washed by the blood of the Lamb. It is in you who has surrendered your life into Christ. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It is in you. You call on Jesus. You shall be saved. And now you know that all who call on them the Lord, hallelujah, shall be saved. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is victory. What is the victory? The Lord is my banner. And since he is my banner, I got the victory. I'll be the head and not the tail. I was a few moments to say, I know we see death all around us. But we got victory over death through Jesus. So I ain't scared of the bullet. I ain't scared of the Jesus. I'm going to say that I'm going to who sits on the right hand of the Father. He died that you might live a better life. Put the guns down. Put the drugs down. Get you an education. Get yourself in church. And know that God loves you. Because I have my arms up. 
wasn't because Joshua was so savvy in his fighting, but because the Lord is my best. I want to encourage you that yeah, you can't do it by yourself. So don't get caught up. Don't be defeated when you don't see the outcome right away. It might take all day. It might take next year. But you got to keep on fighting. And the Lord, hallelujah, will see you. Let us pray. God, we just thank you that you will empower us and encourage us to be the leaders we desire to be. And help us, oh God, to look out and raise up future leaders. Uh, awesome, godly men and women of God that will follow after you. Uh, Father, we want to see transformation happen within our community. So, Father, start with us that we can be the models for them to see what it means to be women and men of God of integrity and holiness and purity. Help us, oh God, to show what grace looks like, what mercy looks like, what forgiveness looks like, what love looks like. Help us, oh God, to help change by the way we are living unchanged like ourselves. Lord, there might be someone here who does not know Jesus. Lord, I pray that they can confess with their mouth and believe in the heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins. And the Father, I ask, I ask you that you would guide them in the direction where they can come uh, to a place where they can be discipled and grow in the admonition, Lord, of you. Uh, Father, move in this place, Lord, we pray. And now, Father, as we continue to worship you, Lord, we prepare as we, as we prepare our hearts and minds as we prepare to eat of this bread and drink of this cup. Father, Lord, we pray that we do this in unity and harmony in the community. Yes. In Jesus Christ, Lord, we pray. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 I'm going to ask our deacons that can come forward, amen, prepare to give God, I'm sorry, as prepared to break bread together, amen. Um, we thank all together, amen. We're trying to get back how we used to do, amen, how we can serve one another, amen, and pass one another together, amen. And if they can come forward, amen, as we want to pray over these gifts. Yes, sir, please. Uh, Father, we ask you to bless this time together. Uh, we thank you for these elements. Uh, we thank you for this bread and this fruit of the vine, Lord, that represents your body and your blood. Lord, we ask you as we eat of this and drink of this, Lord, that you will fill us with your presence in the community. As often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we do so, Lord, and remember so. We now bless it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
go to join us at home where you are. We might grab you a cracker, maybe some juice, and join in with us as we celebrate and remember the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on the night of his betrayal. Jesus took up the bread and he blessed the bread and he broke the bread and said, this is my body. Let us eat together. Likewise, he took up the cup and he says, this represents my blood. He poured out for remission of sins. He took up the cup. He blessed the cup and said, drink, eat all of it. Let us drink together. Scripture recorded that they gathered everything that and as we sing hymns, and we too will gather all and we're prepared to sing hymns as we prepare now to give God his tithes and his offering. And so those who are able to uh, prepare to give God his tithes and offering, welcome to join in with us. Amen. As we prepare, let us pray. Almighty God, we just thank you, Lord, for having blessed us and prospered us. We pray to give back to Lord, the Lord of the Lord belongs to you. Bless the Lord, I desire to give again and have not. Now, Father, we pray that what is given will build for the edification and building of your church. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 I ask the usher to please come forward and lead us in our time of giving.
few announcements for the reason we come. I want to say that we have a, a leadership meeting coming up September 12th at 6 p.m. Bible studies back in session. Sunday school is 9 a.m. We look forward for you to join us at time of discipleship and spiritual development. And then also we're planning to travel to Metamore Mennonite Church on September 24th for their worship service there. And then they're going to come to Zion in October, October 22nd. So we're preparing to that. We won't be here uh, that Sunday, September 24th, but we'll be in Metamore to worship with our brothers and sisters at Metamore Mennonite Church. Amen? Amen. So these are our announcements in the weeks and weeks to come. Let us stand prepare for uh, the benediction and the doxology. Thank you, brothers. 